text. Um, we are, some context to the text, we are looking at Philippians chapter 4. And when you look at the book of Philippians, of course, it's written by Paul. And like Pastor Claudine said earlier, there's certain uh, letters in the New Testament that may or may not uh, have been written by the author at hand. Um, so it, when we look at uh, Paul, um, a lot of times when he wrote letters, he wrote them from prison whether he was in prison in Rome or somewhere else. Um, and then sometimes when you're in prison, uh, you're not really writing. You are the, still the author of it, but what's happening is the person that's there may be writing for you what you're saying, and then you will take that letter, then they will take that letter and deliver it to whoever it's supposed to go to. So we, we may have that situation here where uh, this letter by Paul was written by Ephroditus, who came from Philippi to see Paul in Rome. But let, let me just back up a little bit uh, so you can understand where I'm coming from. So this is uh, Paul's second journey. Um, during Paul's second journey, he has three specific journeys when he goes out and about to evangelize through Europe and parts of uh, like near Italy, Thessalonica, Macedonia. So, but, so in his second journey in going out is where he started a church in the city of Philippi, where we have the letter of Philippians. Philippians, like um, it was said earlier, is, is uh, the people of Philippi from Philippians. Um, the people of Philippians are from Philippi. So Paul started a church in the city of Philippi. And that information about him starting that church and some of the things that happened with him in that church can be found in the book of Acts chapter 16. So if you get a chance, look at Acts chapter 16 verses around verses 11 to 40. And it's real intense. It's a great read. It'll be a great um, lifetime movie <laughs> or a documentary or something to share or show on the silver screen. Um, but basically, uh, Philippi was a chief major city. Uh, during that time. And one of the things also about Philippi that made it a chief city, that it was also a colony, a colony of retired Roman soldiers. So as you were a Roman soldier and you were about to retire and you had your money, your pension, <laughs> we were talking about this earlier, and you had your money, you would go to Philippi because you understood that was a colony where a lot of retired Roman soldiers went. And while Paul was there in Philippi when he started the church on his second journey. He met, that's where he met the woman Lydia. Remember Lydia with the purple? And again, if you're not familiar with this, uh, with these people in scripture, please take the time and look at Acts 16. So Lydia was a seller of purple, and she, but she was also a worshiper and she loved God. And when Paul came and started the church in Philippi, she was there. And when she's listening to Paul, his his words, how he spoke, how he spoke about the gospel and Jesus Christ, it just opened up her heart. She got saved. She got baptized. And not only Lydia, but her and her entire house got saved. And during that time, while Paul was going around with his team, and during that time when he's going around, he, it wasn't, um, it was still Paul and Silas. It wasn't Paul and some of the other people. Yeah, it was still Paul and Silas. And so while he was going around, and still talking about Acts 16, him starting the church of Philippi, at that time he came across, uh, or they came across this young girl. And this young girl was what they called a um, uh, soothsayer. She had a spirit of divination. She had a spirit upon her that was not of God that will allow her to soothsay, 
tell people's fortune and do and cast spells. And so with, the, with this woman, with this young girl, with this spirit, um, she was actually being used at that time by some of the people in Philippi to make money. So she was a source for them to make money because if I have you as one of my servants and you have this spirit on you and you're able to do this, this, and this, people are going to come and I'm going to get rich because you're part of my property. So she, so she was good at casting spells and fortunes. But when the man of God came, Paul came, and he came with speaking the word of God as, as an apostle, as an evangelist, the spirit in that woman, in that young girl, got vexed to the point where it just led the girl to follow Paul wherever he goes. <laughs> Listen, you have an anointing upon your life, and yes, spirits will follow you because of the presence of God that's in your life. But as this girl was following with this divination spirit, was following uh, Paul, she kept yelling out and saying to them, these are the men that of the Most High God. These are servants of the Most High God. They're going to show you the way of salvation. So they're going down the, down the street. These are the servants of the Most High God. They're going to show the way of salvation. They're going down. These are the servants of the Most High God. He's going to go eat. These are the servants of the Most High God. He's going to someone's home. He's going to someone's village. These are the servants of the Most High God. This young girl with this spirit just kept following them and following them and yelling this out. And at some point, this got Paul a little disturbed. So after a couple of days, Paul turned around and said, and, and, and spoke to the spirit in the girl. So again, uh, another point, point two, you don't always speak to the person, you speak to the spirit in the person. So Paul turned around and spoke to the spirit of the person, cast it out of the girl. Now the girl is, is, is getting saved. She's, she's in a better place. She's no longer under the bondage of that spirit, which no longer puts her under the bondage of her master that was using her to make money. No, when you're under bondage by a spirit, it's easy to get under bondage by another human because that human may also have a spirit and they're utilizing that evil spirit in you for their own good. So no longer under bondage, no longer under captivity. And guess who was upset? The master, the man that's making money off this evil spirit. Mm, 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 mm. So, of course, he, Paul at that point was brought before the rulers, the magistrate, and they falsely accused him. And from that point, they beat Paul. They, 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 um, they imprisoned Paul. They not only put Paul in prison, but they put him in the inner prison. And if I had time, I'd break it down to you. There's a prison they had during that time. But there's also an inner prison, one that you have to literally crawl get on your knees and go into and then and then perhaps you can stand up or, or just get up a little bit on your knees and they had them in that inner prison with shackles on and that and this is the part of scripture i'm sure you guys are, are aware of if you remember where paul prayed and the prison shook and the earthquake came and then all of a sudden all the prison doors opened up and the keeper of the prison's was getting ready to take his life because he was fearful that if every that all the prison doors opened up from the earthquake, everybody's going to run out and be free. And Paul said, "Don't take your life. We're we're still here." And so at that point, the the prison, the, the head of the prison, got a light, came in under there, and bowed down and said, "What must I do to be saved, Paul?" And that's when the Bible talked about Paul saved the prison guards, uh, him and his whole household. And then from that point, he healed. He washed off all of the wounds 
from Paul being beaten. And then at the in, in the morning, when the magistrate said, okay, let him out, Paul said, no, you ain't going to just let me out. You falsely accused me, you beat me, and now you kept me in prison. No, you need to come and make your amends. I'm not going out because I am a Roman citizen. And at that point, the magistrates got upset, nervous. Oh my gosh, he's Roman. We didn't know he's Roman. We have retired Roman people all around us. So they went there, made their amends, and they personally escorted Paul out of jail. And from that point, Paul went to Lydia's house, the woman with the purple. And, and, and I say all that to say this, that Paul was now in prison. And again, this is that was his that this is now after his second journey. Paul Paul now is moving forward, going to evangelize other places, but now Paul is in prison. And while he's in prison, the people of Philippi that remember when Paul came and started the church in the second journey, and all that he went through and all that he did for them. They said, they realized now that he's in prison, they said, oh, we need to take care of Paul. So they got together, the people of Philippi. And when they heard he was in prison, they collected an offering. They got things together. And they sent one of the members of the church, Ephroditus, to Rome to meet the need of Paul. And this is where we find our text down Philippians chapter four, where Paul has received from Ephroditus all that the children of Philippi had given out of love because they remember Paul and how Paul saw the church there. And now Paul receiving all their gifts and everything from them, Paul now is writing a letter back to them to say thank you and, and give them direction and guidance on how to handle hardships with joy, because they've seen him handle hardships with joy. And now they, they see him in another hardship in Rome sometime later on, Paul's writing a letter to them to give them hope, to help them understand how to handle hardships. So if we go now to Philippians chapter four, and I'm just gonna start at verse 14 and then go down to our verse, which is 19. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. This is Paul talking to the people of Philippi and the letter that he's writing, he's going to get back to Ephroditus and Ephroditus is going to take back to Philippi. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of our acquaintance with the gospel, when I was sent out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in a matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is, is that more be credited to your account. So Paul is now writing to them and saying, thank you and saying, yeah, I remember when you gave to me here. And I remember when you gave me there. And I remember when you were the only church that gave to me. And I, and I received this and I'm thankful. And it's not that I desire your gifts, but more I desire what God is going to give you and credit to your account because you're giving it to me. God credits your account. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says when you give to the poor, you lend to God. And you know, God is a lender to no man. 
So if so, if you're lending something to God, God's gonna make sure that you get it back. And here Paul is saying some of the same thing to the people of Philippi that because you've given to me, not once, not twice, not three, you've given to me continually. God is again has accredited to your this to your account, and God is gonna pay you back in full with interest. Verse eighteen. I have received full payment, and have more than enough. I was amply supplied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And, or but, my God will supply your need or meet your need according to his riches of glory in Christ Jesus. So now bringing that context to the text, we see that a prerequisite to receiving resources from God, to receiving from receiving provisions from God, a prerequisite is to make sure that, is that you are giving to others for God, in God's name. We have, have been given a wonderful exemplar model in Jesus Christ. And the onus is now on us as being the hands, the eyes, the feet of the kingdom of God. It is onus is on us now to go out and give and share and show the love of God. That is a prerequisite for us receiving your support, your resources, your time, your talent, You know, everything that you have is used to give to someone else. God gives to you so you can give to someone else. God gives to us so we can give to someone else. Overseer spoke about being committed and trusted. And before I go there, let me say this. Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. Because we give of ourselves, because we give of, of the increase that we have and we give to others provision and resources, God will give us provision and resources. Remember the overseer spoke about being committed and trusting God? Commit and trust in God. Not, not just with your plan, but with your life, with your life plan. And when that happens, God will empower you with the Holy Spirit. Great word yesterday, Sunday, if you didn't hear it, or please, I, I, I encourage you, please listen to it again. So no, the committing and trusting of God with the work you do, with your work plan, with your life plan, the day, the day in and day out of your plan, the mundane plan, um, that you're living out daily, even if you can't see what the plan is for your life, you can't see what, or you can't hear what God says about next week, next month, or even next year. You don't know the plan. We're talking about plan, 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 but I don't hear from God, but I don't know what God's saying. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There is still a daily plan, a life daily plan that God has for you. 
We have to trust God that he is manifesting the plan, that, you, that, that your plan that you don't hear, that you don't see, that you don't know about. We have to understand that there's a life plan. I'm going to take my time with this. There's a life plan that God has for you. Sometimes that life plan is open and you can see what it is. Sometimes it's partly open. Sometimes you just see a reflection. But whatever that plan or that life plan that God has for you, that's part of your overall plan, that's part of your destiny, God is working on that plan on your behalf. And even though you are not, you know, you may say, well, I don't know, I don't, I don't understand. You, we have to at the very least understand that God is working this out. We don't have to know all the details. We don't have to know everything that's going to happen and when it's going to happen. What we really need to know is that God has a plan for our lives. And he's working through that plan through us on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Listen, Psalm 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Proverbs 16, 9 says, a man devises his way, but the Lord directed his steps. And when we talk about plan, we can't leave out my favorite, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your life. And with that plan, we must be able to trust that he is in control of it. He is in charge of it. So when we trust God, when we commit and trust God and allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to provide and support someone else's need, whether it's your leaders, whether it's your family, whether it's your brothers and your sisters in Christ, whether it's your neighbors, when we take the time to meet somebody else's need because we're now empowered, because we're trusting God and committing God our life and our life plan, then God provides and supports for us. Whatever you have, whatever you can do, whatever gift, talent, or ability God has given you, he wants you to use it and give it to someone else. The people at Philippi, they heard Paul was in trouble. They said, you, you Aphrodite, come here. We've collected some things. Take this to Paul. Go to Rome from Philippi and take this to Paul because he is in need. Who do we know that's in need that could benefit from the resources that we have? Now, Paul was a leader. He started the church in Philippi. And when they saw their leader in need, they heard he was in need, they Set resources. Are we sending resources to our leaders that are in need? Hmm. Are we giving to the bishop's army when we give our tithe and our offering? Do we also put a little something in there for the bishop's army? Are we sliding something into our pastor overseer Cox hand or account, or, or even preparing something, you know, this is his favorite meal, or I'm gonna make this and surprise him on Sunday and bring it to him. You know, back in 2005, I went through a real challenging time. 
in my relationship. I went through a divorce in 2004 and those next three years were very challenging. And I remember going from living in a three bedroom apartment to living into a, living in a room. And while living in that room and trying to make ends meet and still going to work and still going to counseling, get my head and my heart together while going through this divorce process, I I I on, on I, I remembered on Sundays a woman of God named Gaga, Pastor Z's mother, would make me a meal every Sunday. I didn't ask her for it, I didn't pay her for it. I didn't tell her what I was going through, but she saw that I had a need. And she prepared for me a meal. And you know, Gong Gong can cook. Gong Gong can cook. And it was the meat and the rice. And, I, and, 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 and so when I think about meeting the need of people, they don't have to be leaders. They could be fellow parishioners. But when we meet people's needs, where they are, with what God has given us that we can do to help and support them, whether you're, you're good in math or science, well, well let's tutor the kids in, in the church. Whether you're, you're a counselor on the side, well, you know what? Let me hold a counseling session. Whether this is, this is your, you know what? Overseer, can I hold a class and do this because this is my wheelhouse, my expertise, and I'd just like to share this, how to buy and sell homes uh, to the church because this is some information I, and, and this is my strength. This is what I can give. Oh, you know what? I, I, I work here in this department, in this in this organization, and when it comes to savings and loans or, or how to get out of debt, you know, you mind if I come to the church and just give my time and my talent? What are we giving or what are we holding back that we should be giving so that God can give to us the resources and the provisions? Now, people will never connect the dots, but because Gong met my need, I was able to meet the need of others through what I had, the word of God, prophesying, teaching, speaking, education. You never know what you're missing out on and what you're going to be able to do if you first don't do what you can do for someone else. So it's when we provide, like the people of Philippi provided for Paul, is when, like Paul said, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You need something from God? Do something that God's going to credit to your account. Speak to someone. Pray for someone. Give someone what you got to give so you can get what you need from God based upon his riches and glory. God bless you. And Father, we bless you, and we trust you. We know that you are holy and sovereign. And we thank you, God, for recalibrating our thinking about what we have 
the little we have in our hand, like the widow's might, help us to be able to give and share whatever talent, gift, or ability that we have and provide resources and provisions for someone else. But like Paul then said, then you can supply our need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Awesome teaching. Awesome teaching. Uh, Pastor Jeremiah, as always, what a way to uh, reflect um, on this scripture verse. I'll never look at it the same again. Um, and what a, a, a level or space of conviction for each and every one of us. I just wanted to share the poll results with you all here on screen. Uh, for uh, for your uh, perusal, we have a majority, 66% voted yes. For those who are unable to make it, we are also going to open up this Zoom line as well uh, for those who are unable to join us in person. So we'll open up this line, uh, the same prayer line at the same time at 7 p.m. as well. Um, overseer? Share? All right, if you could just hang on for one second because we're both in the same room. <laughs> Overseer is just going to give you a further instructions uh, on when. Hang on a moment. Amen. So, um, so for those of you who will not be uh, in the sanctuary with us on Wednesday, uh, we are going to break our fast with communion um, that night, right after prayer and instruction. Uh, we're going to break our fast with communion. And uh, so I want you to go out and purchase uh, a small loaf of challa bread, C-H-A-L-L-A-H or, or L-A-H. I think it's C-H-A-L-L-A-H. Chala bread and a small bottle of uh, grape juice or or Manischewitz wine if you prefer wine, um, and we will break bread and serve communion uh, that night. Like Pastor Claudine said, we will be in person at church 7 p.m. on Wednesday for prayer and instruction, and we will ensure that whoever cannot make it that our Zoom room will be open. Uh, awesome teaching tonight of Pastor Jeremiah. Uh, there's, we, we are not going to pronounce benediction because we are still fasting. And so on Wednesday, once we break our fast and we break our fast with communion, we will be pronouncing benediction that night. Amen. So for all of you who are on now, I'll see you tomorrow morning in prayer at 6 a.m. Have a great evening and a wonderful night. God bless you. Thank you Good so night. much. God bless. Amen. 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 Awesome Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay. Amen. okay. Good night, everyone. Amen. Amen. Good night. God bless. Good night, everyone. Awesome Good teaching night. for Elder Prophet. Yes. Good night. God bless. Good night. Good night. Good night.